Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This activity entitled, New Insights into the Management of CKD in Type 2 Diabetes, the Role of MRA Therapies, is provided by Medtelligence. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements as well as the learning objectives. Achieving optimal outcomes when treating patients with chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes remains a challenge due to the multidisciplinary response needed to prevent progressive renal dysfunction. Early diagnosis and regular screening of chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes sets the stage for clinicians to optimize drug therapy to prevent progression to end-stage kidney disease or ESKD. This also allows for uh, the aggressive management of comorbid hypertension and other cardiovascular risk factors. Although advances in diabetes care have uh, substantially reduced the incidence of related complications, new strategies and therapies for managing progression to end-stage kidney disease remain an unmet need. This is CME on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Rossing. I'm uh, Dr. Philip Patos. And I'm Dr. Matthew Weir. Today, we are going to look at the unmet needs in the management of chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes and delve into the role of MRAs, or mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists, in the treatment spectrum and review recent findings from clinical trials. As I mentioned, achieving optimal outcomes in the treatment of patients with chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes remains a challenge. And we need to embrace multidisciplinary component in managing progression to chronic kidney disease. So first to you, Dr. Filipatis, can you take us through current cardiorenal outcomes and the challenge that you face when treating patients with chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes? How does multidisciplinary approach factor in? Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Rosink. Uh, thank you, Peter. Let me start from the last part of your question. The majority of patients with chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes are being seen not only by nephrologists, but also by diabetologists. And as we've learned from a recent trial, as we confirmed the recent trial, at least 40-50% of these patients have a history of cardiovascular disease and are being seen by cardiologists. And of course, most of them have a GP, have a primary care physician. So this, it is necessary to have a multidisciplinary approach. I think the second problem, as you pointed out, is that these patients with chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes are at high risk for cardiovascular morbidity and mortality and kidney disease progression, despite recent advances in therapy. Most of these patients are on ACE inhibitors or beta blockers, and many of these patients, they receive uh, SGLT2 inhibitors. However, chronic kidney disease progression in diabetes is not only driven by the metabolic factors and hemodynamic factors, but also by inflammation and fibrosis. And this causes overactivation of mineralocorticoid receptors. And the previous therapies don't target the MR. So this uh, overactivation has been suggested that contributes to cardiovascular disease progression and uh, kidney progression in these patients with chronic kidney disease and diabetes. Let me just point it out something that we know we have worked together with other experts, a multidisciplinary approach in, a clin- in two clinical trials, the Fidelio and Figaro. These trials uh, in patients with chronic kidney disease and diabetes they evaluated phenerenone, a novel non-steroidal MRA, 
um, which is thought to contribute inflammation and fibrosis. And uh, Fidelio randomized 5,000 patients with late-stage chronic kidney disease and included the primary kidney composite that on the top of the uh, ACE inhibitors or ARBs led to an 80% relative risk reduction the primary composite uh, kidney endpoint versus placebo. And also Figaro, where in over 7,000 patients with early stage chronic kidney disease, finerenone reduced the risk of a cardiovascular composite primary endpoint by 13% compared with placebo. So I think we have challenges, we have opportunities, and I'm looking forward to discuss this further. Yeah, thank you very much. The use of non-steroidal MRAs provide an opportunity to prevent deterioration in renal function and improve outcomes in patients with chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes. Dr. Weir, I'd like to follow up with your thoughts on this and ask, what have we learned from recent clinical trials and how can we apply this to patient care? Well, as Dr. Filippato said, cardiorenal risk reduction is the name of the game in people with type 2 diabetes, chronic kidney disease. Uh, more likely than not, they will die of a cardiovascular event before they reach end-stage renal disease. So everything that is possible needs to be done, including uh, full-dose statin, obviously the bedrock of our therapies, highest tolerated dose of ACE or ARB. We now know SGLT2 inhibitors, as well as also finerenone, provide an incremental risk reduction opportunity in this regard for both cardiac and renal events. So I think really we now have three opportunities to reduce the rate of cardiorenal disease progression. Optimally, we should be able to use them all in our patients to make our best effort to slow the disease process. And could you perhaps comment upon how do we identify those patients that would benefit from this therapy? Well, I think the major issues we need to focus on are obviously the trajectory change of their kidney function, as well as changes in urinary albumin or urinary protein excretion. And again, this need not be a 24-hour collection. A spot urine protein to creatinine ratio or a spot urinary albumin to creatinine ratio can be extremely valuable and can be monitored just like the blood pressure and the kidney function to assess and evaluate the impact of our therapeutic initiatives. And so goes the albuminuria, so goes the patient. And this has been an important observation in many of the clinical studies. Yeah, and I think that's a good, I mean, important learning that we can identify the people if we screen for albuminuria and screen for, for GFR, which was important part of the inclusion criteria for these trials. If you allow me, some, what you said and what the Hawaii said is extremely important. And this also refers to your first question about the multidisciplinary approach. What is a routine clinical practice for you as a nephrologist and as a diabetologist is not routine clinical practice for the majority of cardiologists. What we've seen in this Figaro and Fidelio trials and what I've learned, and I think something that is not very well known to most cardiologists, is that we have a high percentage of patients included in this trial that is more than 40%, that they have EGFR above 60 45% of these patients have a history of cardiovascular disease or been seen by a cardiologist. And the only evidence of the chronic kidney disease, and these are patients at high risk, is albuminuria. And this is not clinically clinical tested in, from, by cardiologists 
in most places in the world. I think this is a very important message that we've learned from this trial, at least I've learned as cardiologists. I think that's a really important learning that we need to look out for albuminuria. And as you say, although we have been talking about that in relation to uh, blocking the renin-angiotensin system in previous times, that has not been adopted widely and, and it really needs to be implemented, as you said, also by cardiologists. So I think that was an an important learning. And maybe we could move to some of the recent highlights uh, that was presented at the American Heart Association's 2021 scientific sessions. And the big question for me is, what have we learned from the Figaro and Fidelio DKD? So, Gerasimus, what can you tell us about the recently presented data and what would be the goal for these studies going forward? And for those just tuning in, you listen to CME on Reads MD. I'm Dr. Rossing, and uh, here with me today are Dr. Gerasimus Filipatos and Matthew Weir. We were discussing new insights into the management of chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes and how MRA therapies fit into our treatment armamentarium. At uh, AA, Peter, uh, we focused on the effect of finerenone on heart failure outcomes in Figaro DKD and also outcomes by history of heart failure at baseline. As you know, patients with systolic, with heart failure, with reduced ejection fraction, your heart 2 to 4 have been excluded from the trial, but 7.8% of patients had a history of heart failure at baseline. This presumably were patients with ejection fraction above 40%. And the aim of this sub-analysis that has been presented and published simultaneously at circulation was to evaluate new onset heart failure and heart failure outcomes for these patients with and without a history of heart failure at baseline. And uh, what we found is that the incidence of new onset heart failure in patients without a history of heart failure was significantly lower with finerenone than with placebo. And this risk has been reduced by finerenone by 32%. And there was no interaction between those with and without history of heart failure. And something that I think is also important, and this is something that has been presented previously, is that uh, both in Figaro, that, but also in the Fidelity, that was the pooled analysis of Figaro and Fidelio, the two trials, where we've seen similar effect on heart failure outcomes, is that the effect was at least similar in those who were on SGLT2 inhibitors. I think this is an information clinically relevant that could be applied immediately when uh, in, in everyday clinical practice. Thank you very much. And, and Dr. Weir, would you comment on the recent days where you see finerenone in the treatment landscape going forward? Well, as Dr. Filipatos mentioned, 8% of the population in the Figaro study were on STLT2 inhibitors. And about 5% in the Fidelio study were on STLT2 inhibitors, and they all demonstrated incremental benefits with the finerenone treatment. And so that is why I would clearly state that these three therapies, the bedrock of ACE or ARB, highest tolerated dose, plus finerenone, plus STLT2 inhibitor, are a remarkable step in improvement over the past 20 years when we've only had ACE or ARB before. And just a final thought on my part to leave you with is people with diabetic kidney disease often lose GFR at a rate of 5 ml per minute per year. Full dose ACE or ARB drops that to 4 ml per minute per year, which is still 
very rapid and four times faster than the normal attrition of kidney function. So by using SGLT2 inhibitors and finerenone, we can cut that even further and much more substantially. And as Dr. Filipatos mentioned, also have major inroads in reducing the likelihood of incident heart failure and adverse outcomes. Well, thanks. That's really uh, an important and fascinating conversation. Uh, before we wrap up, maybe I could ask Dr. Filipatos and you, Dr. Weir, on just one brief uh, take-home message. What would that be to the audience? Chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes, these patients are at high risk. Uh, even when we see uh, EGFR above 60, these patients with just albuminuria, they are at high risk of cardiovascular event. Mm, approximately 50% of these patients are being seen just by a cardiologist and then diabetologist. It's a message for the cardiologist. Check also for albuminuria where we, you see these patients because now you can answer to the question, and so what? You have therapies for these patients. Thank you. And Dr. Weir, a final comment? I would just say earlier, identification and education is critical. And we as healthcare providers need to do the best we can to provide these newer therapies for our patients. Get familiar with them, get comfortable, and get them into our patients. I think that's really good comments. And I don't think I have much more to add. And now our time has also run out. So thank you very much to our audience for listening. And thanks both to Dr. Filipatos and Dr. Weir for joining me and for sharing all your valuable insights and expertise. It was really great speaking to you today and uh, goodbye. Thank you for the invitation, Peter. Likewise, thank you. You have been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Medtelligence. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash medtelligence. Thank you for listening.